Good morning, everyone. It is the 22nd of February, and I'm joined today by Seamus Lyons, Richard Byrne, and Alex Byrne. We saw further strength in equity markets last week. There was a new high for the Dow Jones Index in New York. China's main onshore index was back to highs of 2007, and Japan's Nikkei hit levels not seen for 30 years. It was a different story in the bond markets, though. In the US, Treasury bond yields are creeping higher again as prices fell, and that expresses expectations of rising inflation in the future. But Seamus, the minutes from the Federal Reserve's last meeting were published and they did not seem to express concern about inflation. Yes, good morning, Lorna. Yes, so the minutes for the Federal Reserve's January meeting were released on Wednesday and they spooked certain parts of the market a little. So the minutes showed that there was a lot of debate between the various members and how to lay the groundwork for the public to accept higher inflation in certain areas where consumers are normally quite sensitive to changes. So for instance, price of basic goods like food and energy Energy because the Fed expects some pickup in these as the economy reopens post the pandemic. But then the minutes also showed that they emphasized the need to focus on the differences between these temporary measures affecting inflation and the more systemic changes in prices they normally focus on. So in the end, all the meetings participants supported the decision to maintain a very accommodative monetary policy, which is to keep interest rates near zero for as long as necessary until inflation rises above 2%. So how did the markets react to these minutes? The Fed's accommodative stance which is coupled with Joe Biden's proposed 1.9 trillion relief package for the pandemic relief. This is a lot of market participants warning of a coming surge in inflation. So as a result, some investors have worried that the Fed may actually need to change their course sooner than expected. And on the back of this, so last week, as you mentioned, the yield and the 10-year Treasury note hitting its highest level in almost a year. So a lot of focus given to the minutes last week. Yes, and that's something we'll have to monitor very closely. Alex, there was a similar sort of message from the European Central Bank. Hi, Lorna. Yeah, that's right. Very, very similar indeed. Broad expectation that the stimulus that is in place will be maintained up until the end of the year. And I think the base case for the ECB is that they want to maintain this to the end of the year and not have to do anything, if at all possible. So similar to the US, happy to see a rise in inflation. We did see a bit of an inflation increase in Europe this month. However, the expectation is that a lot of those measures which caused the increase were fairly temporary. I think what we need to see is a very sustained and broad overshoot of inflation before we can even think about any of these stimulus measures coming off. Nonetheless, there is evidence of a strengthening pickup demand. We saw quite a rebound in retail sales in the US, Seamus. Yes, so retail sales jumped by 0.3% in the, the last month, and this was well above uh, consensus expectations, which came, had a 1.1% gain. Many attributed this to the, um, the $600 uh, direct payments that were being received by the lower middle income Americans, which is approved as part of the December stimulus package that was approved in December. So, so critics of the Biden administration's current big $1.9 trillion relief package, they pointed that this data is evidence that it could overheat the economy and result in rebound in inflation. So it's not all positive news. There's also some less positive news on the week as well. So you have some mixed data on the kind of jobless side, but also on the housing data. They surprised in the downside with housing starts falling back substantially from a nearly 14-year high. So, you know, the macro news remains quite mixed, you know, and this, this will result in various participants kind of arguing as to the direction from here. So, yeah, it looks like the kind of current, more recent trends of volatility will continue for a while. That's a fair point. But it's this expected uplift in demand that appears to be driving commodity prices at the moment, Richard. 
and that's particularly oil. Indeed, Lorna, yeah. I mean, Seamus touched on it there, you know, looking at retail sales and inventories. If you compare and contrast um, oil to the broader economy, where inventories have been low given, you know, where we've been with the pandemic and sales have increased. So that's going to force manufacturers to increase their production. And what we're seeing is that's coming true in energy, it's coming true in materials, it's coming true in the industrial numbers. And in fact, you know, these numbers last week alone were some of the best returning in terms of sectors. And that's really where we've seen the oil price go. So, you know, oil above 60 touching above 60 WTI and continually above 60 now and Brent Brent oil and WTI is, is on an upward trajectory. It would seem to, and that was very evident in the figures of BHP, which is now, it seems, the biggest company in the FTSE 100. Yeah, indeed. They've had a very, very strong run. They've had um, quite good on the fundamentals. They've had quite good capex, quite housekeeping there. They've got a diversified book of business in terms of, you know, copper, coal, iron ore, and of course oil. And all of these commodities have continually rose throughout since November when we really saw the, the positive news about the vaccine come out. So yeah, yeah, some very, very strong figures coming out for BHP. And back to Europe again then, we saw very strong sentiment figures from Germany's manufacturing sector. Any thoughts on those, Alex? We did, yes, Lorna. The trend that's in place in PMIs is fairly well entrenched now with services continue to be weak and the manufacturing continue to be strong. So with these numbers specifically, business activity shrank for the fourth consecutive month in February. Claude, again, manufacturing picked up stronger than expectations. That overall number was offset by the continued decline in services. Expectations overall rose at the fastest rate since April 2018, broadly on the hopes that vaccinations sped up. But the expectation is that change in trend of services weak and manufacturing gaining strength will continue in time. And for the coming week, then, we have more sentiment data from Germany, the IFO survey. That could build on this improving picture in manufacturing. What do you expect there, Alex? Very much the same. So in line with the PMIs, the strength in that number should come from the manufacturing side, but on the weaker side, it should come from the service-led elements of it. So mixed data there. But same as some key data on inflation from the US. Yes, so on Friday, the uh, U.S. Department of Commerce will release its personal consumption expenditures price index, and this is the Fed's preferred gauge of inflation. So economists are forecasting a 1.3% rise year on year, and this is obviously considerably less than the Fed's long-term inflation target of 2%. So last month, it came in at uh, 1.5%. So we'll see. I mean, markets are going to focus on this for sure. And GDP data for the U.S.? Yes, yeah, so that's also due. It's expected to have risen. So this is for the fourth quarter, so it's expected to have risen to 4.1% following a, an increase of 4% the previous quarter. So um, there was obviously a lot of issues during the fourth quarter with lockdowns and restrictions. So, you know, the markets again will focus on this number. It will indeed. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you.